drink it in now. Touchdown Detroit Lions! Cornbread! 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 Drink it in now. Detroit Kool-Aid, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. What's going on, everybody? It is Wednesday here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. I'm your host, Eric Oakry, right here on the show. This is the show we serve up that Honolulu Blue Kool-Aid twice a week, Wednesdays and Fridays. Drink it in now. Drink in that Detroit Kool-Aid and talking some Lions football as we always do. So it's going to be a good show. On the show today, I got to talk about the new slot cornerback for the Detroit Lions. I'm going to talk about a certain guy named Calvin Johnson going in the Hall of Fame. And I want to tell you kind of what to look for and what a little primer for the preseason for the Detroit Lions. So we'll get into all that here on the show, have a little fun with it, and uh, and serve it up for you. So let's not mess around. Let's get right into it. So the Lions, I mean, they brought in this guy named Corn Elder. You guys know who he is on my other show. Believe in Lions on the Believe Podcasting Network. You know, we had Benny Blades on there for a while, and he'd go on and on about all these guys from the U and rep the U, and then the Lions get a guy from the U. So Benny Blades says that we're going to be good. So Corn Elder, I mean, you guys know where he went to school. (laughs) So so we get this guy. He's kind of like a younger ascending player you know he last was with Carolina I believe you know seemed to have a decent year last year but he's like good man we were all kind of sick of Justin Coleman's play he's really up and down mostly down um, towards the back half of his big contract so we're like good got Justin Coleman out of here got a guy with the first name Corn, last name Elder I mean he's got to be good and he's from the U. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so he's got all that going for him, but Corn Elder has just not been able to be on the football field. Uh, I haven't heard really any reports about him. You know, it sounds like his injury, I think it's a hamstring of some sort, is, you know, going to be out a bit, it sounds like. But I got good news, Lions fans, as I often do here on the Kool Aid cast. I mean, that's why I serve it up for you. Drink it in, <laughs> Drink in. This right here. We went out and we signed a guy to play nickel cornerbacked, and his first name is Nikel. <laughs> I mean, if that's not a sign, I don't know what is. His name is Nikel, and he plays slot nickel cornerback. And by the way, his Twitter handle, I believe, is at Slot God. <laughs> So, unless he's a big fan of the casinos, um, this guy loves playing slot cornerback. He thinks he's one of the best in the game. And did I mention his name is Nikel? Yeah, absolutely. And his name gets better. Not only is his first name Nikel, which just sounds like a classy way to say nickel. So, he's a Nikel corner, if you will. (laughs) But 
his last name is hyphenated as well. Now, now I know this might be a little bit of a hot take because normally with a hyphenated last name, I would just bag on you because it's just odd. I don't get it. You're, people say they're trying to show respect by having both names. It, it's really not a good look, to be honest. But, I mean, Maurice Jones-Drew, I mean, take note, man. I mean, and is, is MJD, can he be more annoying on NFL Network? I mean, he's probably a good dude to hang out with, but... He's always going for the over-the-top brag or the jokes or the, you know, Maurice Jones, Drew, really? We got we to gotta have that as your name. But let, let's get back to Nikel Roby hyphen Coleman. Now, this guy, I think this is a nice signing. I mean, word came out before I got recording that he, he jumped right on the practice field. I think he's wearing number 43, I believe. And reports from Jeff Risden of USA Today, Lions Wire, and others were like, "Man, he looks like he got some some sweet feet, some some nifty uh, quick feet, and uh, out there doing his thing right right away." So, I, I like that about him. I, I like the fact that he's played, you know, formally with the Rams, uh, so he's got some familiarity with the general manager. He's played, you know, pretty, pretty decent level where he's been. I think he's been, you know, with the Rams. He's with the Eagles as well. And I don't know. This might be an upgrade, to be honest. I mean, if this guy comes in, plays well, he probably just got a minimum type deal. Come in and and hold down that role a little bit better. And if Corn Elder comes back and starts practicing and playing better, then you got two guys on the inside that can maybe be better than what Justin Coleman was and all the other slugs the Lions have had at uh, Nickel Corner over the years. So, I mean, I'm excited about that. And, you know, Nickel Roby Coleman did get away with one of the most obvious, one of the most ridiculous, one of the most horrible. I mean, Charles Barkley would say it was terrible penalties of all time when he just went and just speared a man um, playing for the Rams against uh, Dan Campbell's Saints and got away with it so I mean let, let, let's go down the list his first name is Nickel he's a nickel corner his twitter handle is at slot god or something to that degree which is incredible he he has a hyphenated last name which normally I would say is horrible but in this case I'm gonna give him some props because it just sounds swaggy Nickel Roby Coleman he got away with like this ridiculous penalty that basically said, sent his team to the Super Bowl I mean this guy's got to be good. <laughs> I mean, when you got all that going for you and all that mojo. So um, I'm having a little fun with it. It's kind of a depth player here. We'll see if he sticks around. But I, I do like the signing. I don't mind it. And um, I'm really hoping the Lions corners can be much better because they've just been absolutely atrocious here recently and uh, need to get a lot better. So before I get on to my next topic, I just want to tell everybody, um, thank you so much for listening. Again, I'm your host, Derek Oakry. You can find me on Twitter at Derek Oakry, D-E-R-E-K-O-K-R-I-E. Always trying to get out there when I can. You know, we're all crazy busy, but I try to tweet out about the Lions, Michigan, fantasy football, and uh, what I do a lot. I hope this doesn't annoy you guys out there, but what I try to do is use Twitter kind of as like a, a news feed of sorts. So when I get a chance, I try to scroll through it. I just try to give the old quick retweet to things I think that are interesting or that I want to put out there for the Lions fans. And like I say, you, you'll find me tweeting a lot of mock drafts around NFL draft season. That's my absolute favorite time of year, as well as just 
you know, trying to uh, be entertaining and humorous at, at times when I can be on there like I try to do on this show. I know a lot of you people take uh, maybe some of the things I say too seriously where a lot of you that are, are big fans or listening, uh, you know, know that we have a lot of gimmicks on the show, a lot of fun, as well as sometimes I just literally hit the big red button and I just talk football and just give you straight takes and my opinions on the team. It just depends on the day. But uh, we definitely serve up, uh, you know, the Kool-Aid and the cornbread. Cornbread! Cornbread! Always make it a double. So so let's get into my next topic, and that's Calvin Johnson. Now, again, many of you have listened to the show for a long time. You know, you guys have heard many a rant on Calvin Johnson by myself. You kind of know my feelings. But today, I'm not going to do that. I mean, the guy went in the Hall of Fame. You know, my Twitter hand uh, feed was going crazy with all these pictures and his, you know, speech and clips and this and that. So, so you're probably waiting for me to, like, just... Just rag on him about this, that, and the other, and go on some crazy rant and yell and just talk about, you know, uh, the things I don't like about Calvin Johnson. But okay, I'll do it. Um, so, so here it is. Here's the facts right now. I did not watch Calvin Johnson's speech. I did not want to watch his speech. Now, again, I know many of you that are listening love the Lions, and you know I love the Lions. This is one of my rare takes where it's a Hall of Fame, top, you know, media, top stat type player that I should love and I should say we're so fortunate to have him. And man, this was just uh, so great that he went in for the team and the city and all that. But you've heard my rants time and time again. So again, I did not watch the the speech that he made. People people shouted me out, what do you think? You got to see this. I did not watch, but but here's what I probably do know. He probably went on and on about his injuries and how beat up he was. Now, let me tell you this. First and foremost, the bigger reason I have a beef with Calvin Johnson is because he quit on his teammates. You know, he can talk about how he wanted to walk away and it's his choice and, you know, good for him. No. He walked away and quit on his teammates, especially the guys that are just killing themselves on the offensive line, linebacker, running backs, guys that have a lot worse than a wide receiver. So he probably went on and on about his injuries. Now, I'm sure he did not note that most of his injuries were fingers, maybe a hand injury here or there. I mean, what was his back? Maybe a little bit tight at times, so he could never ever practice I mean did did he mention maybe he had a little bit of an ankle tweak or you know maybe some of the rubber pellets got in his eyes at Ford Field so he had to take multiple weeks off like my issue with Calvin and I go over the top to to entertain but it's you, you play wide receiver, man. You get the ball maybe 8 to 12 times a game in your direction. The other times when you're asked to block, you're just shadow blocking most of the time. Now, was it your fault or mine that Matt Stafford basically made you fall down or jump up in the air and fall every time that you caught a pass? No, that was just the way the guy threw it. He rarely hit anybody in stride. So, yes, you're going to the ground. Or, yes, when you're making catches, the game of football is that then someone will then come and contact you. It's called a tackle. So, I don't know, man. I mean, 
it just always has bugged me. He's going on and on about his pain and how he couldn't deal with it. I'm sure he mentioned that. Oh, poor me. I couldn't deal with the pain. I had to medicate myself. Self-plug his, you know, stupid hemp business and all this other stuff that he's got going on. I'm sure he tried to get a little cheap commercial in for himself at some point. Again, I did not watch this speech. I'm just guessing as well as some of the things that I happen to pick up while I'm scrolling through. So that's first and foremost. Like, don't tell me about all your injuries don't tell me about how you're all beat up when there's plenty of other players that are getting just crushed on every play or a lot more physical contact than you had oh I'm sorry you were what six five could run a four flat and you and you actually got touched a few times a game you know apologies right there secondly I'm sure he went on and I'm sure he didn't mention this but you know the guy's big issue is the money I mean I'm sure we've got a drop here on the show that we've used in the past. This is what Calvin Johnson is all about, man. And don't don't let him get it twisted. Don't tell him, oh, you know, they did me wrong. It's all about the money. And I mean... Calvin Johnson should just be laughing all the way to the bank, you know, with all the money they handed him, the Detroit Lions, that is. <laughs> but but he didn't. All he's done is cry and whine and complain. Now, let me do a little math for you. This is very simple math, to be honest. Let's just round it up, assuming that the Detroit Lions gave Calvin Johnson over 120 million dollars over his career and they asked for what I'm being told and what I've heard is 1.6 million dollars back due to his not earning his sign-in bonus by quitting now if I do that math 120 million divided you know get taking out the 1.6 if, if my math is correct that's 0.013 of of what he made when you do the math. So, uh, I mean, just an absolutely minuscule percentage. Now, let me break it down even a little bit more for you. All this money that Calvin Johnson continues to just be so butthurt about and go and put on Raiders gear and go to all these other teams and say, oh, the Lions, they did me wrong. They actually asked for the money back. Oh, whopping less than $2 million. Even if it was 10 or 20, it, it shouldn't be that big of a deal. When and they gave you $120 million, and that's not counting endorsements and all the other stuff you got. So, so let's do a little bit more math. If somebody was to give me, just, just throwing it out there, $120,000, let's just say someone gifted me that amount. I mean, one, I'd be doing cartwheels, two, it'd be a tremendous day in my life, and I'd be very, very thankful. I really would. Now, let's say either down the road or maybe right right then, whatever the person was like, I'll give you this 120k, but I need $1,560 back, please. Do you think that I would pitch a fit, that I would go crazy, that I would hate that person forever, that I would hold a grudge for over decades plus and, and never defriend them on every social media? Or would I look at them and say, thank you? For the $118,000 plus that I get to keep in my pocket. I mean, 
that's an exaggerated yet more real life example that people can get their head around. So all the people out there that are like, oh, you know, all these other owners didn't keep the money and how could they do such a thing? Just just think about that for a minute. Somebody hands you 120 and wants fifteen hundred dollars back and you're going to go crazy rather than say, wow, no problem. Like you want cash check? You want that in singles? I mean, how quickly can I wire that to you so that I can keep the other 118,000 in this example? Um, that is just going to be incredible. So, I mean, the, again, the guy can cry and I, the reports are he turned down this, you know, amount from the lions and he doesn't want to be back in the fold and probably unless they give him, you know, 10 times what they took from him and then he'll come back and do what, you know, show up for, for the, the old uh, vet day or whatever that when the alumni comes back, what's he going to go to the golf outing once a year, you know, maybe do some cornball Ford commercial. Come on, man. Nobody cares about any of that. So I know I'm ranting and raving again, both for entertainment values and for all the people out there that understand my point, which is don't cry over money, especially in a, a state like Michigan where people work their tails off and you get all this dough and you're like, oh, I'm not going to even mention the team during my uh, speech. Are you kidding me? You should be on your knees thanking the team for making you who you were and for giving you all that dough. I mean, yes, you put up stats. Yes, you had numbers. But you didn't win us anything big. You didn't do anything extraordinary. You put up late stats like our quarterback kind of did. And now you're in the Hall of Fame. And, and you had every attribute that you could ever want as a wide receiver. You were tall, fast, physical. You know, you could run routes. And, and what would you do? What, what, what big game did Calvin Johnson ever win us? I, I'll wait. Anybody got any of those for me? You want to you wanna send those in here to the Kool-Aid cast? I mean, I'll continue to wait. Tell me what big-time game, what big-time playoff game, what time big-time game under the lights did Calvin Johnson really help us win when all the chips were down? Exactly. Get the crickets out. Nothing. A bunch of, oh, he had three touchdowns and 300 yards. Oh, great. We had four or five wins. Uh, oh, he put up all these numbers a lot Where when we're down 20-some points in a, in a game that the other team had stopped playing. Come on. Get out of here with that. I mean, to not mention the Lions is a complete joke if that's what he did, which I'm sure it is. Sure it is. To go around and glad hand and just be this cool, nice guy to everybody else, but just dog the team, go out there, probably, I love my teammates so much, my quarterback, oh, my coaches, you know, go on and on about all that, but not like thank the owner, the team, the the people that sign those big time paychecks. Come on, man. That's just petty garbage and Back in the day, like when Calvin was coming out in that draft, he was a physical specimen and he was just the nicest dude off the field, right? A lot of times in Detroit, you know, he gets all this credit for being like the Barry Sanders where he just never said anything, Mr. Quiet, I just go out and make plays. Well, how are you Mr. Quiet and Mr. Nice Guy, but you continue to bag on this team any chance anybody puts a microphone, especially your boy DB, <laughs> you know, you have your, your sit down, your fireside chat every year where you just bag on the Lions, you go talk about the $1.6 that they kept, never mentioning, you know, the uh, 
hundredfold that you got to keep and that you uh, were given by this football team. So it's like, I mean, for such a quiet guy and such a nice guy, I mean, not only did he do that, but I was out at many a training camps. Never saw Calvin hang out with the fans other than the, the VIP tent, you know. Never saw him go above and beyond for the city. I mean, he probably did some things under the cuff, gave some money out, went to a couple functions. I get it. You know, most people do that. But I never saw him going above and beyond. And I saw a quote. I'll end it with this. He said some quote at the end that I saw on, on um, somebody had sent me or whatever where it was like, Man, I love I love Detroit. I love the fans. They're they're my one pride. Blah blah. Whatever he said at the end, it was kind of like, you know, Calvin, you're always gonna have your fans. Don't get me wrong. I'm probably always gonna come on this show and continue to rag on you because, for all the plays you made, you quit on your teammates. You quit on this team, the city. You walked out so that you could uh, sit home on your bags of money or swim in it like Scrooge McDuck, and it's like. All you care about is the the little sum that they took back. I mean, most times when you don't fulfill a contract or, you know, if a Detroit person doesn't show up to work, they don't get paid. You know what I'm saying? So I think you're very fortunate to get what you got. And again, most people think I just come on here and go crazy and don't acknowledge that, yeah, for a few years span there, for probably anywhere from three to five years, he was the top receiver in the game. The stats prove it out. But his first couple years, he was a little bit hit or miss in those back half. Even if the stats were there, he wasn't a he wasn't a dominant game changing player. He was just a big time name and a big time receiver that go out there and yeah, he could get you eighty in a touch. He get you one twenty and no touchdowns. I mean, that's kind of what he did, and it never equal to winning. We want W's. If you would have won, if you would have made those big-time plays to help us win a division or a playoff game, if you would have fought through those injuries and stuck it out because Matt Stafford stuck it out and because other players depended on you, the guy could have been a legend in this town. But instead, he took the money, he quit on his teammates, he walked away. He's All he's done is bag the team for over you know five, eight, ten years, whatever it's been now. And he just won't stop. I mean, you could have done the right thing and go up at the Hall of Fame and say, hey, I just want to put all this behind us. I'm so thankful for the Detroit Lions for drafting me, for bringing me along, for all the great people I met and played with. The Lions, you know, mean a lot to me and my family, whatever. And you still could have hit up the fans, your play, whoever's, but to just leave the team out like they didn't exist. I mean, that's just garbage. And that's just straight up always going to be my opinion and you know again here on the show i wanted to tease it like i wasn't going to say anything but you know i'm going to say something on this show because i got a free microphone and i got a chance and i still don't think it's right what the guy's doing so i'm going to continue to say it and that is what it is so there you go everybody let's go ahead and take a quick break get our sponsors in here that help keep this show going and we come back we're going to talk about the preseason Give you a little primer, give you little things to look for, talk a little football, and have some fun right after the break. Everybody, we'll be right back. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, The Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. 
Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, I am fired up. I am excited to tell you about one of our new great sponsors. Now, by now, most of you have probably heard of Reality Sports Online, the powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team like a real NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? I mean, it's time to go see what the buzz in the Dynasty fantasy community is all about. Free agency, multi-year contracts, rookie drafts, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, first-round rookie options, and so much more. Think it sounds complicated? It's not. The best thing about Reality Sports Online Fantasy Front Office is that it doesn't take any more time than a standard league. It just requires more strategy. Do you think you're among the fantasy elite? Well, this is the platform to test your mettle. Still not sure? You can test your general manager skills for free in a mock free agency auction. So here's what I need all you guys to do. Head over to Reality Sports Online. You'll hear me talk about it on the show and call it RSO. Head over to Reality Sports Online and check them out right now. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, what's going on, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers? Again, I say it almost every week. I thank you so much for listening to the show, so much for listening to the sponsors. I try to entertain you. I try to talk football. I go up over the top to have some fun and play some gimmicks, but I do get hot under the collar. We got to talk about Calvin. We got to talk about Calvin Johnson all the time, and usually it's about him complaining or whining or bagging on the team, and here it is. Everyone's celebrating him because he got to the Hall of Fame, and it's like, It just doesn't even feel right because he just has no respect for the team. And some of the things I've seen him do or just the way he's acted after he quit on his team makes me not have respect for him. You know what I mean? I'm sure down deep he's a great dude, but I also think that he hasn't um, done the right thing here recently to just, you know, forgive and forget, put this behind us, you know, go out. Talk good about the team that treated you really well your whole career. Yeah, maybe there were some missteps right at the end. But like I said, it always gets me upset. It's like that person that you're like a great friend to forever. And then they just decide, oh, you said one thing to them or you did one thing that they perceived wrong or that they took all all, uh, over the top. And then they're just gone forever. It's like, all right, whatever, man go then like you know some of these people like I've had friends and family and different people in my life forever and like a real friendship a real relationship a real um, bond between people is like that you can you know go through things and 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 everybody's gonna not only make mistakes but you got to be able to 
forgive people until they get to a point where Calvin is at, where he continues to do it again and again and again and again. And it's so petty that you're just like, whatever, man. So I, I don't want to get on another tangent. Again, I do do it to go up over the top and, and have fun here on the show, but I, it's mostly how I feel, to be honest. And I'm just passionate about it because I'm passionate about the team. To me, it will always be about the Detroit Lions. This isn't the Detroit Matt Staffords. It's not the uh, Michigan Calvin Johnsons. It's the Detroit Lions. It's the Honolulu Blue and Silver. I don't care whose name's on the back of the jersey, but I do care what's on the helmet. And uh, I want that team to win. I want them to be prideful. I want them to give the city and the state something to be prideful about. We all know the struggles, but when this team wins, everybody's going to go crazy. It's going to be incredible. And I want those diehard fans to to soak it up. I want those players like Benny Blades and and all the other legends to go out there and soak it in and enjoy it and, and it's just such a great fan base and such a great team in general. Um, so prideful that it just it just frustrates me when people try to take cheap shots or try to hold something so so minuscule against a team that did so much for for a certain person or people or whatever it may be. So, all right. Again, I apologize for getting hot and bothered. I know a lot of you out there listening love Calvin. I hate this take, but it is what it is. Let's go ahead and move on and talk football. So. Real quick teaser, again, a lot of you guys listen to this show twice a week, but again, it's football season now, so you got to hit up on Thursdays, B-L-E-A-V, Believe in Lions on the Believe Podcasting Network, just type that into your Google machine, put that in the old podcast finder, it's going to pull it up for you, and I have guests on that show too, some of the familiar faces you hear on this show, but others as well, I also go solo on that show and talk to Lions, and if you listen this Thursday, that's going to be the day before our first preseason game against Buffalo. And I went right down the list of what I'm looking for in that ball game. Recorded that the other day. I think you guys will enjoy that if you love football and just want to hear, you know, straight up kind of what I'm looking for in that game and some different talking points. But let, let's talk about the preseason as a whole to kind of end this show. So I got some things here. And it's like, what do you watch for in the entire preseason? You know, the, a lot of people, as well as myself, you know, kind of take some cheap shots, bag on the preseason. It's like you get all excited about it, and then you watch, like, the first two minutes, and you're like, oh, damn, you know, this isn't real football. This isn't the players that we're going to see. And, yes, it's very valuable for the players at the bottom of the roster, but it's just not up to expectation. I'm so glad. They took away the one game, so now we only have three. I'm really curious to see what 17 NFL regular season games going to look and feel like. I really hope it gives more teams a chance, and it's really exciting. And again, the more football, the better. To be honest, but like when you're talking preseason, like the way I approach it is again, I understand why you would want to protect your players. You know, limit the hits to like your stars, your quarterbacks, whatever it may be. But I definitely balk at this whole put them in bubble wrap because I feel like these guys have been away from football for a long time. You know, they need to get back where they're where they're getting hits, they're making tackles. Uh, so if I if I was a coach, man, I would really kind of go out there and and play my guys more than most and just say whatever happens happens because again, it's just been a consistent take by me that I really don't care if you blow your knee out in the first preseason game week one or, you know, in the first round of the playoffs. To me, it's, uh, 
it's very disconcerting whenever it happens, but you also can't predict it. So by limiting the contact, you're you're limiting the chances, I guess. But what what are you actually figuring out that isn't just total chance? You know, that you could go out and and pull a Stephen Tullock and celebrate and blow your knee out. You could, um, you know, catch your foot in the turf and turn your ankle and have a Achilles or a high ankles. You know what I mean? You could get popped any day of the week and come up with an injury in this game. So I just get kind of sick of like, oh, we're going to play him a series. You know, what did Sean McVay over there say? I'm never going to play Matt Stafford in the preseason. Okay, let's see how that works out for you because – I just can't see somebody just totally sitting and then just being raring to go. I mean, you have to get a few reps. You have to get a few hits. You have to feel that game speed again, you know, regardless of who you are. So I've just always been a proponent of playing. That's first and foremost. Um, when, when you're talking about what the fans should look for, I mean, what's going to be really fun on Friday when the Lions take the field against Buffalo is that, everything's so brand new. You know what I mean? Like, I kind of want to just see Dan Campbell on the sidelines, see what he's like. I want to see what this new team vibe feels like, even though it's preseason. I want to see some of the young players and see, man, this will be our first look to see if they got what we hope they got, you know? Um, It will be evident, I think, after the first couple games where some of these rookies are at, where some of these guys with the chip on the shoulder, are they – going to show up and play above expectation or are they like oh yeah that that's why they were cut by their former team or that's why we've been pumping them up but they're just not going to live up to expectations we'll see but when you're talking about players in general I mean I say yeah watch the studs and enjoy that when they play but I key on some of those quality depth players whether it be you know, a guy like Jamal Williams, a secondary running back that I think can can be very important for this team. How about, you know, guys on the defense? Like, you know, is Derek Barnes going to play and what does he have as a middle or rush uh, rush type linebacker? I'm very interested to see. You know, you're, you're looking at, you know, a guy like Dean Marlowe. I mean, a guy that doesn't have a big name and a lot of people are like, ah, you know, but... I think on a team like this, the way they have not put any assets in the safety, like Marlowe might be impactful and might be somebody to watch. He really might be. Um, you know, he turned the offense side of the ball. Like It'll be curious to see what what Elise Mack has at, at tight end. You know, people are saying he might be tight end three. Okay. I mean, he, decent college type player, but hasn't done anything in the league. So let, let's keep an eye on him. Let's see if he's got anything. He's definitely yoked up and definitely has a pretty good attitude, but... Can he make some plays in the preseason? You know, you go ahead and you look at the Lions' O-line, which people are like, man, that's strength of their team. I mean, who's behind them? Like, has Stenberg improved? Like, who who's who's the swing tackle if they do trade uh, Crosby or some of these guys? You know, those are kind of the key pieces to watch. Again, I'm not dogging on the guys at the very bottom of the roster, but I don't get too hype when people go on and on and on about a guy that, oh, he's a special teams demon. Yeah, you got to have a couple of those, but... I, I can't get crazy about the you know the seventh corner that that runs down on kicks because again kickoffs are nothing in the NFL nowadays and and you know special teams they they call it a third of the game it's it's not as impactful as offense or defense not even close so I throw that out as well so you know pick out some of those guys for you that you really want to watch when it comes to depth and whatnot. 
as well as, yeah, it'll be great. Uh, I, I said it, um, you know, at, at different times on this show. I, I don't know what Jared Goff's going to be, but I'm not only interested, I'm going to be rooting for him, and I hope he comes out and plays good right from the get-go. I really do. But if there's rocky stuff, I don't want fans to go crazy, and maybe he comes out, let's say he throws a pick on his first drive or turns the football over. Are you going to turn on this guy? Or are you going to drink that Detroit Kool-Aid and be like, man, Jared Goff, you know, that's not the start we were hoping for, but, I mean... He'll get it together, you know, start to make plays. Drink it in, man. Yeah, drink that Detroit Kool-Aid on Jared Goff. I really think he's going to be above average and going to be um, pretty fun to watch this year, to be honest. So, you know, when those guys are out there, you know, again, Swift's dealing with the growing injuries and the other, like, you know, and again, I'm talking about preseason as a whole. So this is the way I'd approach it. Game one, you know, as much as I say I'd play players, yeah, I think Dan Campbell's about right on schedule. Hey, play him a quarter. See what they got. You know, a quarter is much more than a series or two. Um, well, a series. You know, sometimes the Lions last few years, hey, play a series, they get out. You really can't get a vibe, feel, you know. You like the guys to go out and get two, three series at least in that first quarter. That's what I would hope for, both offense and defense. Then go ahead and pull those guys. You know, they got a sweat going. They're feeling good. But you're limiting the injuries. You're letting your other cats play. Game two, now that we've got only three preseason games, game two is when I think you really got a roll. I, I would really let my guys go out there and, and play a half, if not into the third quarter, coming off the half in that second game. And then, you know, maybe go back to what I did in game one. Maybe get a full good quarter in, um, quarter and a half. You know, even, again, if I was going to push it, maybe I'd go to halftime two in game three. Because after game three, you got to sit for like, what, is it two weeks? I think it's two weeks until the uh, regular season gets going. So that's a long time to be off the field if you don't play people that much. And, yeah, they're practicing and going, you know, the NFL is no joke when it comes to practice. You're out there every day for two, three hours um, running your 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 butt off out there. And, and when they put the pads on, getting thudded up, I get it. But that's kind of the approach I would take. Now, I think the Lions will probably be a little more conservative. I'd expect a quarter of the first game. You know, into the second quarter, maybe halftime the second game, third game, you know, maybe maybe they take it real cautious and you don't see any of the primetime players. But if Swift doesn't play in game one, I'd love to see him in game two just to get him rolling a little bit and, and make sure he's healthy, ready to go. You know, I'm really interested to see some of these receivers. I think St. Brown's going to be incredible in the preseason. I really do. He takes no prisoners, and if he gets snaps, I mean, watch him put up stats, touchdowns, and the buzz continue to roll with this kid. Tyrell as well. I think Tyrell's going to be good. I think he's going to come out. He might make a couple big plays uh, if he's out there early and get people really excited. So I, I would enjoy that as well. And, gosh, I don't know. Like I said, Perriman, show me something, you know. What do you got in the preseason? Because I haven't heard much buzz. He hasn't been practicing a ton with injuries and whatnot. I don't know how these guys are so injured after like a week. You know, you got six months off to rest and get your body right. And then a weekend, you're you're pulling hammies, you're hurt, your elbow, you're this. I mean, gosh, it just seems like these guys are gladiators. You think they'd be... It wouldn't be so dinged up this early in the in the process, but again, lines are hurt a lot, which it doesn't surprise anybody. So that that kind of be my approach, and then like I said, 
I think it'd be very encouraging if the Lions backups and backups backups played pretty well, you know, played consistent, showed some flashes. I'd love to see some turnovers in the preseason, not just this ho-hum football where it's like, you know, no turnovers, no exciting plays deep down the field on offense. Uh, You know, I wouldn't even mind a a trick play here in the preseason just to show that, hey, when you come play the Detroit Lions, I mean, we're not going to just give you three yards in a cloud of dust. We're not just going to run some of the garbage we've ran the last few years. We might pull out trick play. We might get aggressive because we're trying to win. We're trying to get W's, and I think Dan Campbell, the one thing I love, I mean, gosh, there's just a litany of lists. I think we did shows on why Dan Campbell is so freaking awesome here recently. I could just do that show every week, all week, um, with just a litany of things. But the thing I like the best about him is he's a guy's guy. He's a football guy. But I think he's much more tactful and strategic than anybody's given him credit for. When he does his pressers and they ask him about aspects of the game and players, he's all over it. You know, he's not given these cliches because he doesn't know or, you know, Jim Caldwell would do the old I'm smarter than everybody and give you some pompous answer and say things of that nature and, you know, check the report or I'm not going to disclose what like could you imagine Dan Campbell talking with the owner or something and coming up to a media session saying, you know, the discussion I had is a privileged one. No, Dan Campbell's not going to say that. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Nobody talks that way. So it's like Dan Campbell talks like a normal person. He's got a good head on his shoulders. He's an alpha male. He's got a lot of moxie. And uh, I think he's very strategic and smart. And what I love about him is Dan Campbell is going to go crazy on the sideline trying to win games. He's going to be talking to his coordinators. He's going to be trying to challenge a flag, get after the referees. He's going to be giving it probably to the other team, talking some junk. Like, I think this guy is going to just do everything he can every single Sunday to win. And it's been a while since we've had that. And you could say, well, you don't need that. You need a general. You need somebody that's just, you know, just quiet and knows what he's doing. Dan Campbell knows what he's doing. And I think that he's shown that with his the way that he's managed this team, how he's got everybody on board, as well as, like I said, don't try to pull one past him and ask him about some guy and he'll give you, oh, I'm not sure. Or, I don't want to say anything about that player. He'll tell you exactly what he thinks about that player. And most of the time he's positive, which we need, obviously, on this team. So let, let me end it with this. Why does the preseason matter? Why is it important? You know, when you're looking at the preseason as a whole, it's not all about W's. It's more about how you play. But the reason it matters is because I'm focusing on a couple things. And the first of that is execution. Like, how do you look out on the field? Are you organized? Are you running the proper plays? Are people on point? Are you are you looking like you're ready to go as a football team? The second thing I'm looking for is in preseason, if you start to make plays and you start to hit people, make turnovers, your, your backups start balling out. It builds momentum. This team needs momentum, man. Even if they don't win on the scoreboard, they need to leave these games feeling really good about how they played, some of the plays they made, and, and the coaches need to see, wow, these guys are taking to our coaching. This is like heading towards working, and that momentum will be key. And they also need to build chemistry. You need to get out in the preseason and bond with your brothers. You need to be out there 
you know, sweat and bleed with these guys. So you can, when you go into the regular season and the real bullets are flying, you're like, I can depend on this guy. Like, I know how this guy moves in the offensive line to work with him. I know how my other cornerbacks are going to react when we're running this blitz. And we can be in chemistry, be in cohesion, execute. And with all that, build a certain sense of mo, a sense of confidence that this isn't the same old Detroit Lions. Like We're coming to knock your head off. We're coming to score points. And oh yeah, by the way, we're coming to win, to win ball games. And I know national media will tell you, oh, they're only going to win three, four, five games. Come on, man. This NFL. We're trying to win every game that we go out there and play. And... Every little win, every little great play, every you know young guy that comes along is just a step in the right direction for this team, which is rebuilding on the fly, but also going to be really fun to watch this season. So everybody, hope I filled up your glass with Honolulu Blue Kool-Aid here on the show. Drink it in, man. A little cornbread for you. Cornbread! Cornbread! Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for putting up with my... Jokes in the beginning, my Calvin rant, and I try to give you the big picture, the overview of kind of some broad strokes items that what I'm what I'm looking for in the preseason, why it matters, and some things to you know kind of circle or get excited about when they kick it off on Friday, and then we got football for months and months and months, so it can't get any better than that. So everybody, thank you so much for listening. Catch me on Friday right here on the Detroit Kool Aid Cast. Take care, everybody. I'm out. Pack the bag, start the plane. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in, man.